actually be in several places. Gotcha. Got it. Thanks, babe. Um, so you're going to have to bear with me. There you go. And uh, I'm going to move this up here. I have to tell you guys something kind of odd. Um, I've realized something strange lately <laughs> that I've been stalked by an old lady. I know. It's a little startling. Um, I kind of had the suspicion for a while because she showed up at really the oddest moments. I'd be like in the Walmart checkout line and like all my kids would be like, can we have gum? Can we have this? And I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't, you know, that kind of thing. There she is. Awkward. (laughs) Or we'd be in Publix and Maylee's like unbuckled for the 20th time. Sit in the cart. There she is. She's even shown up at my house a few times, like neighborhood. Awkward. I know. Strange. And you know what was really weird? Was that I eventually, I'm sorry, I am so thirsty. And I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt the people in there, so I just grabbed a jug. I was like, oh, this is perfect. I'm going to like pee all night, but whatever. <laughs> I'm just very thirsty. So I kind of recognized her. And I thought, oh, this is awkward. Well, how do I approach this? You know, you're stalking me. Get away from me. And you know, when you're a person like me, sometimes people just want to be with you all the time. That's just the way it is. And then they get around me and my kids. They're like, oh, we're going. It's just too, too much of this. But, um, but anyway. No, no, I like mine. I like that one. It makes me feel big. <laughs> Thank you, babe. Um, anyway. The, the thing about this... This old lady is uh, she's rude. She's critical. She's got this like face. I don't know, like, ugh. We're going to be talking about angry eyebrows in a little while. She's got like this angry eyebrow face. And it's just irritating. It's like this little, all this yuckiness wrapped up in an old lady. Not that old ladies are yucky, but you know what I mean. <clears throat> and then one day, I even realized something worse. <clears throat> I realized that she was me. <laughs> Yes. Before you think I'm psychotic, some of you are like, I don't understand. Before you think I'm strange, let me let me tell you a little story. So, um, for the day before Easter, I went out to shop. I hate shopping. I can go out and shop for four hours and come home with nothing, and it drives my husband crazy. And he's like, Why didn't you buy anything? Because it was like six dollars for a dress. He's like. But I'm like, I could get it for a dollar somewhere. I know I can. <laughs> Didn't get so mad at me. Am I right? <laughs> I am the worst shopper. I hate shopping. When I was younger, my twin sister would go buy all my clothes, bring them, I'd try them on, and whatever I didn't like, she would take back. It was beautiful. So I hate shopping. So I was shopping. So I'm calling Dan, and I get all stressed out because, like, nothing ever fits. And you know how that is, girls. Girls, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. So I was out shopping at Kohl's, and so... Um, <clears throat> Actually, Sam, I was going to call you that day, and I was like, I'm not going to call her because I'm going to be annoying. Because <laughs> I'm going to be like, I just get annoying when I'm shopping. So I didn't call you that day. But, um, but anyway, so I, uh, I called Dan. I said, hey, I'm, I'm stopping by Publix to get some Easter candy, and then I'm going to be home. He's like, just come on home. And he had that tone of voice, like, just come on home. Like, you're driving me crazy. And I'll get the Easter candy when I'm out. I'm like, no, no, I'll get it. He's like, no, no, just get the Easter. I'll get it. And I said, okay, but make sure you get jelly beans. Because I love jelly beans. And I don't need a lot of them. And I just wanted jelly beans. And I wanted the eggs to rattle. You know, it's just fun to rattle an egg. Anyway, you all may not think so, but I do. So I go home. Dan goes out. And Dan gets stuff and comes back. 
no jelly beans. So he lays the bag on the table. He's like, did I do good? I'm like, where are the jelly beans? And he's like, I forgot. I'm like, what do you mean you forgot? I mean, I was just like, it was just old lady. I mean, it was just awful. And the, the funny thing is, the candy he got was amazing. Like, I usually get, like, organic, like, sugar-free beet juice candy. My kids are like, Mom, really? Yeah. So he got, like, the, it's true, it's true. Like, I just found some the other day. They were, it was organic, and it was on sale. I'm so excited. Anyway, I have it stashed away for in, in necessary times when we go to the movies. But I know, Dan loves me. Dan loves me. But anyway, he, I mean, he got the good stuff, like the marshmallow eggs and all that stuff. But there were no jelly beans. And so... I don't get angry often. Okay, I lie. I do. Not so I lie. Um, but I was just, I was just ticked. And I mean, I'm just, I'm just telling you. I mean, I, I was like, and there was a few other things. You know, it kind of when a little itty bitty moment like that happens, there's been stuff that builds up. You know, like a volcano. And I just was like. I just, I just, I just have to get out of the room. And so I just, do you remember this love? So so I just went, I went into my room, if you've ever been into our room, and there's a green rocker chair, and I just sat, and I was rocking. And I was like, (laughs) I was, I was so mad over jelly beans. Like, I'm like, what is that? And I actually thought in my mind, I... If someone like who was an unsafe person could characterize me, that's what was going through my head. They would characterize me, be like, like whatever. And I'm like, don't say that word. And they'd be like, well, that's what you're being. I mean, I was just being a jerk. You know what I mean? It was awful. And it was like the Holy Spirit of God. And I mean, seriously, it was just like suddenly it was like, bam. I just had this thought. And the thought was many thoughts. I always have many thoughts. You're being a jerk. I, I did think out loud, jerk. I, I, I don't say bad words. Um, and I thought, this is not even me. Like, what is going on? So it was weird. And it was then that I recognized that old lady right there. You know what? <laughs> Whatever. It was awful. And she just, like, reared her ugly head. And, I mean, I was over jelly. So I had to go to my Dan and apologize. Sam saved the day that day. Dan texted her, could you bring some jelly beans? I, I don't know what he said. Michelle's really ticked off. I don't know. But she and Nolan came over that night and brought some jelly beans. I was like, ah. I filled my eggs, ate several in the process. It was a wonderful thing. But God, God began a work in me that day that I just have to share with you guys. And the funny thing is, is Dan sometimes like, you want to speak? And I'm like, nope, I don't want to speak. I have no idea what to say. Because I feel like God just tells us things. And I mean, you guys are in high school. I'm like a stay-at-home mama for kids. I mean, we're like kind of in different planes. But I tell you, when God just struck me with his truth and just has started working on me in this area, Dan said, do you want to speak? I was like, yeah. Because I was like, I have got to tell these kids what God has been teaching me. Um, and I'm, I'm like the great master, and you are like my apprentices. And you can learn from me this day. Because I feel like... What I'm fixing to talk to you guys about is so not even thought of. When I say you're all stalked, okay, I shouldn't say it that way. When I say not all of you, but I'll explain what I mean in a minute, but many of you are stalked by this old man or woman inside of you that rears his or her ugly head at the most inopportune moments for the dumbest reasons sometimes, sometimes for good reasons too, doesn't justify it, then how do you deal with that? And it affects every single one of us. It doesn't matter if we've been a Christian for three weeks or forever. 
doesn't matter. It affects us. So, I'm a simple-minded lady with a great desire to be scholarly and theologically astounding. But I'm not. But I'm going to use these these shirts kind of to explain a concept that I hope will stick with you forever because God has been giving me this visual picture in my head um, to transform my heart. And so we are going to start reading in Ephesians chapter 4. Did y'all really think I was being stalked by a lady? Great story, huh? It's true. I still am. I know we've already prayed a lot, but I'm going to pray one more time. And I'm actually not going to pray my own words. I'm going to pray from the book of Daniel. Lord, right now I do not present this plea before you because of my righteousness. Because if there's anything you've taught me the past two months, there's nothing righteous in me. But Lord, because of your great mercy, I pray that you will hear. I pray that you will forgive. Oh Lord, pay attention and act in such a way that you will change us right now. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. I have to give you a little bit of background here real quick. We're going to be in verse 22. I actually want to ask you a question. When someone becomes a Christian, everyone talks about they've changed. I need a little bit of discussion here. Tell me what you think. Dan asked me this question the other day and made me think about it. Something changes in us when we become a Christian. What is it? Okay, someone else. Anybody else? What changes within us? Sydney. How we act. What else? Jacob? Good God, we're good at. Okay. Okay. Yes. What we say. Okay. Yes. Recognition of what we're doing wrong. Okay. You get the feel bads. Okay, yeah. So like really coming to a realization like, okay, I'm prepared to run the mile of being with God and understanding who he is and what he's willing to do for me and in me. Perfect. All great answers. Great answers. And you're actually jumping ahead of me, guys. Quit being so scholarly. This is what happens. And Dan, I, I just love my Dan. I just want you to know I love my Dan so much. There's no other person I'd rather be married to, and I just want to tell you that. We had this great discussion the other day, and he asked me that question, and I'm like, oh, man. So I want to tell you the one-word answer to that question. What changes in us when we become a Christian? And that is our spirit. Let me explain. I want to read a couple of verses to you. Listen carefully. Listen to what the Bible says. You were dead in your sins in which you once walked. You were following the course of this world. But God, being rich in mercy, even when we were dead in our sins, made us alive together in Christ. He says this, But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. It also says this, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. This is what happens when someone becomes a Christian. And I'm going to say this. I am not racist that I'm using black and white. I just want y'all to know. But I'm going to say this. 
The Bible says when you become a Christian, Colossians chapter 1, you have been rescued from the domain of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. In Ephesians chapter 5, it says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord, but now you are to walk as children of light. So before we become a Christian, we have, when we're born, we are born with this body, okay? Some of us wish we were born with a different body, but we are born with this body. This body is full of sin. It's, and when I say full of sin, it's because we have these desires. We have these selfish motives. We have these selfish things that come at us. So this black shirt represents our body that is full of sin. But the moment that we become a Christian, you know what, you know what happens? The Bible says that our spirit becomes alive within us. Suddenly, our spirit begins to yearn for the things of God. What everyone said, we start to say, oh, wait a minute. That was wrong because God is, bam, he's awakened that spirit within us. And that spirit becomes like a fire within us. Holy Spirit has talked a lot about like the fire within us. That spirit becomes awakened and suddenly, baby gates, we, sorry, suddenly we are changed. And so this is not like entirely an accurate picture, but I want to just say, so we have the spirit that is now alive in us, but unfortunately it's still encased in a body that desires sin. So we have this spirit, which is alive, which if you're like me, man, my spirit just burns up within me sometimes. And I'm just like, woo. in our old church, we were from a very traditional church. I actually had someone once I was singing and they came and they put their hands behind, like on my shoulders and just like pushed me down. Because when I pray and when I sing and when, when I walk in my neighborhood, y'all, y'all don't even want to see me walking in my neighborhood. I mean, I'm just like, God, I just want to praise you for this and that because that fire just wells up within us. Now you don't have to be like an emotional freak like me because boys, I know you're you're not like that. But what happens is, and, and scripture does show this, and, and that verse in Ephesians where it says that you're dead in your sins and suddenly you're alive in Christ. So you have this body that has this sinful nature, but you have the spirit that is alive with you. Now, I want it before I read, I've got to tell you this quickly. I think I'm going to leave it like this. Um, I've got to tell you that in the scripture, there's, there's some names for this, okay? And, and I want to give you this description so when we read, you're not like, what the heck does that mean? Okay? Our body is called the flesh or our old self, okay? So whenever you see a reference to the old man or the flesh in the Bible, you're not just talking about like you're scraping off your skin. It's talking about like your sinful person, okay? Now, the Bible talks about... The, the spirit that is suddenly alive within you once you become a Christian, that's your spirit and your new self, okay? So you've got this old self, this new self, you've got your flesh, and you've got your spirit, okay? Now, really, I wanted them on separate hangers, but that's not really the case because you're not like schizo, but you, you've got like all of it wrapped up in one. And the truth of the matter is... People talk about this great exchange. There is a great exchange that takes place. And God just rescues you from that sin, indeed. But unfortunately, we're still, we're still encased in these bodies that have this, this sinful desire. And it's unfortunate, but it's true. And so what happens is we're kind of at war. We're kind of going back and forth because we have this, this flesh at war with the Spirit. So with that said, Ephesians chapter 5, he's talking to, to the people at Ephesus, and he's saying, are we all laughing at something? What is so funny? Oh, because it's Dan's heavy shirt. Let me do this. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so, sorry about that. All right, so... 
uh, y'all distracted me. So, um, so in a, he's talking to the people in Ephesus, and he's saying, hey, you know what? I've got to do this from the purposes, because I've got to do this. So you have this image now of how it's like, okay? But I'm going to put them separately, because I've got to show you guys a few things. So Paul is talking to the Ephesians, uh, the people in Ephesus in verse 17. We're not going to read that. And he's saying, hey... Listen up. You, I'm not saying that to you. That's what he was saying to people. But I am saying it to you. Listen up. He's saying, you were once... You were once walking in darkness. In the futility of your minds. You had callous, hard hearts. What are you doing? And look what he says. Ooh, look what he says. He says, that is not the way you learned Christ. He's like, that is not how you learned Christ. And he says, assuming that you learned it the right way. Yeah, yeah, I know. I love them. I'm like... Yeah. Okay. So then he says that and he said, listen to this. Look at verse 22. And that's, that can be up on the screen. He says, you are to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And you are to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Nutshell. What he's saying here. Hey guys. You once were living like this, darkness, depravity, corrupt, deceitful desires. Oh yeah, that was you. That characterized you before. But when that spirit becomes alive in you, oh no baby, you should not be walking that way. Oh, I didn't print out my holy and righteousness. He says here that you are to be righteousness. You are supposed to have righteousness and holiness. Imagine right here it says holiness and righteousness. That's the way you're supposed to walk. This doesn't characterize you anymore. This does. Oh, wait, baby cakes. Let's keep going. Now, I want you guys to turn to Colossians. Because he goes to the, the people in Colossae and he says it even more. He says this in Colossians, but ooh, now we're going to... Y'all ready? Where? Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. I need a swig. Hold on. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. It's up on the board, too. <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of times um, in Scripture, there are several ways that they say that you're supposed to put off the old and put on the new. That just kind of is like, oh yeah, let's put on a coat. It, one part says, put to death. We're going to read that. Put to death, therefore. Like you have this like, is scabbard a word? Yes. Is that a fancy sword? Oh, you don't want to kill anyone with your scabbard. So it's like you're taking that knife and you're plunging it and you're saying, put to death, just get rid of it, eliminate it, exterminate it, nothing, no more. So they, he says, put to death. One of the things that they also say is put away. In James chapter 1, it says, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. Put it away. In James, or First Peter chapter 2, it says, put away all malice and all deceit. So it's like this conscious putting it aside and taking up something else. And you know what? Nature hates an empty vacuum. Man, you clear out a field of grass, what grows? Weeds. Weeds. Yeah. You put an empty bucket, what eventually happens? It fills with something, whether it's weeds or whatever, water or whatever. Nature hates an, an empty vacuum. So when you put away this stuff, you got to fill it with something else or that stuff's going to creep right back in. Now, look here, because it gets even more descriptive. And this is when God has been just telling me about that jelly bean stuff. He's been saying, baby cakes, this is you. Look at this, y'all. 
If I hurt your feelings, I'm not going to apologize. I'm here to hurt your feelings. I'm here because the Holy Spirit of God needs you to hear this. So listen up. Look at verse 5, chapter 3. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil. Now, that passion doesn't mean like, you know, when you get married, bed. I can't have passion. No, it's that passion for things that aren't, you're not supposed to have passion about. Passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. Oh, listen to this. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here we go, guys. Y'all ready? My Dan, could you help me? This is where he, this is where he goes, guys. He say, he's given a list here. It's not exhaustive, but he's saying sexual immorality. I put some on the same paper because if not, we're going to like tape all night. You want me to tape? Yeah. Impurity. Passion. Evil desires. Right there. Oh, covetousness. 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 However you say it, it's idolatry. Anger. <sighs> Jelly bean anger. Anger. <laughs> Wrath. Thank you, love. Malice. <laughs> Slander. Well, I don't know about her, but I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Slander. No, no, leave those right there. Obscene talk. Filthy language. Get rid of it. He's saying, hey, when you walked in darkness, this was you. Newsflash. If this is you now, you are walking in darkness. Now, I got to say something. When it says you're walking in darkness, it means you're continually doing it. I'm going to say, God, does, God knows we are not perfect. God knows we stumble and fall. Jelly bean anger. Okay, it happens. And you just pick yourself up by your bootstraps. I don't understand that phrase. But you keep going and you say, God, I'm sorry, you repent. You apologize to whoever you need to apologize to. And you keep going. So here he's saying, all this, this used to characterize you. It should not characterize you anymore because when you become a Christian, the Spirit of God becomes new. It wells up inside you. Now, got to take you to another passage. But before I do, I got I to gotta tell you something. Um, actually, yeah, there's more. I'm putting more, but I got to tell you another story. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you guys know, um, do you guys know um, Larry Boy? Do, 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 Larry. Okay, he's got toilet plungers on the side of his head, and he's like a VeggieTales superhero. One of the cartoons is called Larry Boy and the Angry Eyebrows. And it's these floating... Ang- Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay. It's quite hilarious. But it's, these ang- it's this guy who develops these... It is this you know, evil mastermind who develops these angry eyebrows. And his whole goal is to get the whole town to have these angry eyebrows. And when they get angry, the eyebrows float. And they're like, Ew, but I'm so angry! And the angry eyebrows come right here. And then they're consumed with their anger. Well, Larry Boy, the superhero, is trying to save the town. And so he, you know, tries to battle it. And so, of course, the evil mastermind is determined to make Larry Boy succumb to the evil eyebrows. So they're like they're at a face-off at the end of the little show. And he's like, I am not... This is Larry Boy plungers. I am not going to get angry. He's like, oh, but you will get angry if I 
Larry, if I pour chocolate syrup all over your Larry Boy Mobile. And he's like, oh, that makes me really angry, but I'm not going to get angry. And the whole time, the angry eyebrows are floating in the air. And he gives all these scenarios like, but you would get angry if I gave you a wet willy. And he's like, that would really make me angry. So eventually, the angry eyebrows get him. And it's right there. And then, of course, in the end, he realizes God does not want us to be angry. And it teaches us great biblical truth. So my kids and I watched, and it was great. Okay, yeah, yeah, all that. But this is the, this is the part I want to tell you. So my little Joseph, he's six. He is yearning for God. He's not quite where he understands it all, but man, he's been asking lots of questions. Praise the Lord for that. Love him, love him. But he was out on the porch, and he was messing. I guess we have anger problems, because I'm just talking about anger. We have an anger family, angry family. Um, but he got so mad at his sister that he had this little thingy outside, like this little cup thingy, and he's like, why are you doing that, Caitlin? He picked this thing up, and he just threw it as hard as he could. I mean, and it's not like fierce anger. And I was like, and I said, so this is what I said. I said, Joseph, don't you hate it when your mom does that? I was like, the angry eyebrows have got you. Where are they? And it was like, suddenly he just realized, oh my gosh. And he's not a super spiritual kid, lest you think he is. But we talked about how anger can control you and how the sun is not supposed to go down on your anger and how you can be angry but do not sin. We've talked about those things as a family. So he just looked at me and he was like... (laughs) And he just started laughing. It was so comical. And he was like, you're right. And so so it it just calmed down. But you know what happened in that scenario? Right there. Now, he's not a Christian yet. So this is a little different, but it's proving, it's just kind of showing you the point. The point was, is that this this part was just taken over the dude, okay? And that happens to us, like me with the jelly beans. And suddenly, when you're a Christian, the Spirit of God comes up and goes, Oh, wait, that's not how I'm supposed to act. That's just absurd. Now, I have another story to tell you in a minute, but first, I want you to go to Galatians chapter 5, because I think this is going to just kind of solidify it all, and then we're almost done. Dan, could you help me with my taping one more time, babe? I'm so embarrassed, parents are in here. I'm so sorry. I'm just a fool. I'm just a fool for you. Okay. Galatians chapter 5. Um, I would, as you hear it, you will know. Okay. Are you ready? So, so this is the third part in, in Scripture where we see this coming to light. And if you want to even get more into it, look in Romans chapter 8. And boy, it's going to stab you right here. We're not going to go there tonight. But look, look what it says. I want everyone looking at this because I think you'll get it. Verse 16, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. This is what I say. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Baby cakes right here. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Sensuality. Idolatry. Sorcery. Just hang them up, baby. We don't have all of them. Yeah. I I try not to, to type multiples. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, 
jealousy, fits of anger, angry eyebrows, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do, that means continuous action, those things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, you ready? Our last evil one. You're exhausted. Ah, it's all good. But, here we go. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And then this is hilarious to me, but uh, let us not become conceited. He's got to throw that in there. Because you know what? It's so good to be like, man. <laughs> I'm loving. I'm joyful. I'm like in a good mood all the time. Like, yeah, that's me. He says, hey, do not be conceited. And he says, provoking one another, envying one another. Uh-uh. So here we've got this war going on. We've got the spirit that is alive that demonstrates these things that should. And then we've got this flesh. And, and the Bible says they are opposed to each other. Paul says in Romans chapter 8, if you read that later on your own, he says, the, the, it makes me do things I don't want to do. And that's a bummer when you're trying to live out your faith and walk by faith. Okay, last story, real quick. Because God has been teaching this through me through the dumbest ways. Not that God is dumb. I'm just saying. On Wednesday, what, what's my time, sweet love? Okay, um, on Wednesday, Caitlin got jumped in the car, and we had a disappointment. She goes, Mom! <laughs> she got jumped. Oh, no, no. She jumped in the car. And she said, Mom, my science fair project is due today. And I was like, what? I said, no, no, it's due next week. Nope, it's due today, my teacher told me. I was like, well, honey, we haven't done anything. You know, and I was kind of freaking out, whatever. But we, we did our stuff, and, and I just started getting this, like, anxiety in me. And so I started getting kind of harsh with her. Old lady stalking us right then. And I'm like, Caitlin, why don't you do this? And so I'm, I'm kind of, I wasn't yelling, but I was being very harsh. Or maybe I was yelling. And she's like, but mommy, I thought, I mean, she's just this little girl. Just, I thought you knew. And I, I'm sorry. I just, you know, paper was in my folder. And I'm like, it's okay, Caitlin. God reminded me right then. I'm telling you. That day I was writing like 20 times of this truth. And I was like, Caitlin, it's all right. We'll figure it out. So we get home. We work like dogs. You know how that goes. And um, moms, maybe you know how that goes. Okay. And um, so she, she, okay. Her science fair project was very funny to see how sunlight, the absence of sunlight and water affected flowers. Duh. Anyway, um, that was her science fair project. So we've been taking pictures all along. So I'm like, I've got to go get these pictures developed. So I download them to Target. And so we come to church and I'm like, okay, we've got all this stuff to do. Okay. And so I'm like, Dan, I'm running to Target in the middle of church. Shh, don't tell. So I went to Target. So I go in with Maylee. I grab Maylee and I'm like, I'm here to get my pictures. They're like, oh, our machine is broken. And I was like, what? And they're like, our machine is broken. We don't know what's up with Kodak. And she, and I was, I could, I was just like, um, okay. So, um, immediately I thought of this truth because I just want to be like, what do you mean? She is broken. Why didn't it say it on the computer? Do you know my son? 
transfer project should do tomorrow. Like that was going on inside my heart. But it was like the Holy Spirit of God was reminding me, hey, you're speaking in a, in a week on this truth, so uh, you might want to watch it. And you know what was interesting? We have a friend that works for Target, and he tells us of the customers that come in and are, are so irate and mad about the dumbest things. And so this, this lady that I see in there often who looks like a manager, you know, she's got one of those fancy manager tags. She comes over and she's just kind of watching. Almost like running interference, like, okay, I'm going to come help him because this lady's fixing to throw a fit. And you can just kind of see it. And then another person came over too. So you've got, and I'm going, and, and the whole time I'm, I'm thinking of these truths. I'm thinking in my head about this, what the scripture says about anger. What the scripture says about, you don't have to worry. Tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. It's okay. I'm thinking about my precious daughter, who is more important than any science fair project. I'm thinking of all these things. And I'm like, okay, well, they're like, you can use this machine. So I'm like, okay, um, I don't have my camera. Well, if you go home and get your camera, you can use it. So I was like, okay. So again, I skipped church. I didn't come back. Ran home, got my camera. <laughs> I'm such a dork. Come back, get the kids. And I'm on my way to Target when I realize shoot, I erased everything on that camera. Ah! And so by this time, by this time, this is me. I, I'm living right like here. I'm living in my evil desires. So I'm like, Caitlin, Target is closed. And, and the camera, and she's like, well, uh, it's okay, Mommy. We can work on it when we get home. And it's like, it's like okay. So I, I, before, when I came to get my kids, Mr. Jimmy was up there. Mr. Jimmy said, hey, Michelle, I want to introduce you to this guy, whatever his name was, Luis or something. He's been a Christian for three weeks. And I was like, this was me coming in. I was going to get my kids. I was getting Maylee. I'm like, hurry up, Maylee, come on. And it's like being a Christian. Right then, the Spirit of God just checked me. And I was like, I am so glad you're a Christian. I just want you to know that one day your old nature is just going to rear its ugly head. And you are going to have the chance to give into it or you're going to have to live by the Spirit. And you're going to have to say, I am not going to act that way. And the guy was like, okay. I'm like, you will understand it. It's a great biblical truth. And right now, I am walking in the Spirit. And I just walked away. <laughs> tonight and he was like hey like hey i just want to say i'm okay it was hysterical but you know what what i realized what i realized was is it, it, it takes effort to sometimes when it, it because these are opposed to each other it makes you do things you do not want to do i just realized you know what the Bible said, we didn't, I didn't pay careful attention to this, but both in Ephesians and in Colossians, it says to put off the old self, put on the new self by the renewing of your mind. Our mind is to be actively engaged with the word of God. You know what? I hear people say, I pray all the time. Dude, it is not as important for you to talk to God as it is for God to talk to you. He is a lot smarter than you. You should be spending time in his word. The Bible says that all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. When you read the word, he is speaking to you. You are renewing your mind. So when you get in that situation, when you're, that spirit is alive in you, but here comes this, and you're like, ah! the Holy Spirit of God can convict you right then and change your heart and change your mind. I want, to, I want to end with this statement. Because I think, for kids today especially, I really think that it's very, very hard to put this aside. Because this makes up the world you are in. This is what you see at school. You see this. This is what we feel. We feel it. This is not natural. It should be. But it takes... It just... Unfortunately, it's hard. Because Satan is fighting against us not to be this way. 
And so I think, I want to encourage you just to be strong in your faith, to, to be mindful of this principle that is at war within you. And I want to encourage you with this last statement. Um, I was uh, watching um, Prince Caspian the other day. And uh, the dwarf, half-dwarf, no one for me, um, professor said to Caspian, Caspian's like, I can't be king. I don't know anything about being a king. This is what Prince Caspian hears from the professor because the professor looks at him, and this is what he says. He says, you have the chance to become the most notable contradiction in history. You have the chance to become the most notable contradiction. Doesn't make sense. He should be acting like that, but he's acting like this. It doesn't make sense. Those teenagers at prom, they should be acting like this. They should be acting like this, but they're acting like this. Those kids in the lunchroom from Celebration Baptist Church, they should be acting like this, but they're acting like this. What a notable, contra- noble, not just notable, noble contradiction. When you're just defying it all and saying, baby cakes, I'm not going to be that way, I'm going to be this way. When my friends all say, hey, let's go do this, I'm going to say, uh, no, thank you. I'm going to maybe want to, but I'm going to say, no, thank you. Because the Spirit is alive in me. And I choose to abide by the Spirit and to walk in the Spirit. It takes effort to walk, just want you to know that. If you're sitting on your bum, you can't walk. But when you're walking, it takes effort, it takes muffle, mus- muffles, <laughs> it takes muscles, it takes everything, that you, it takes all your body, your brain, everything working together. And it takes effort to live by the Spirit. And I'm telling you guys, I felt such victory. Even today, there were several things that came up and I'm like, Oh God, you are great. And you renew that mind and you keep going. Guys, you have a chance to be the most notable contradiction in history at Yulee High School, at Yulee Middle School, in your families. When your parents are saying, they should be acting like that, but they're acting like this. Whoa, what is that about? I just spit, sorry. I'm going to pray. But everyone look up here first. Hold on, because I want to say something. <laughs> I know everyone's like, okay, good, she's done. This is what I want to say. Boys, uh, this is the most. This is, this is what I've been praying about all day, because there are some of you here tonight, and your spirit has never been awakened. Your spirit has never been awakened. You have never made the choice to follow Christ. You never have done that. The moment you become a Christian, you are you are dead in your sin from birth. And that moment that you say, I choose to follow Christ, who was that substitution on the cross for my sin, and made me alive together in Christ, the moment you do that, you are saved, born again, Christian, whatever term you want to use, that's what happens within you. But there are some of you here, this is where you are. You're living like this, you're stuck here. I'm going to tell you, for a season, some of these things might be fun. Uh, It's the truth. But boy... It will leave you a shell of a person later. And when you have the Spirit of God living in you, it changes who you are. It changes everything about you. So you need to seriously consider tonight, has your spirit been made alive with Christ? It doesn't happen when you're baptized at the age of one. It doesn't happen when you walk an aisle like I did just because you love Lord's Supper wafers and they're so yummy. It doesn't happen. It happens when you consciously say, God, this is me, and I don't want it anymore. I've sinned, 
I'm wicked, I'm evil, and I just want to be pure and bright before you. Thank you. You have to make that decision. And it's something you have to do. Don't put it off. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And I'm just going to tell you guys, it's the biggest decision you'll ever make. It's life-changing. And it starts you on this journey that's beautiful. It's not easy. Life isn't easy. But it's beautiful. And you see a transformation that really does change you. So my encouragement tonight is, can you be that most notable contradiction in history where people see you and they're like, because you're living like this, in a body like this. Let's pray.